Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Yo, what's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Wednesday, January 2nd, 2019. Happy New Year's, everybody. And I know, I know you're like, yo, Ahmad, what's good? 2018 ended, and I did not hear your voice talking to me about the 25 best albums of 2018. And I hear you, listener. I really do. I hear you. But, uh, you know, things been hectic around here. Your boy just moved into a new place. So in the the number one, um, in the days where I would have been uh, recording that podcast episode, your boy was packing because um, we was moving like right after Christmas. Um So I couldn't get that episode to you, but what I did do was I released the list so you at least got to see, you know, in visual form, here are the top 25 albums for me of 2018. Um, So, you know, I dropped the list. I feel comfortable with it. And I'm about to, you know, uh, hit you with an episode, even though it's a week late. I'm going to give you the top 25 albums of 2018. But what I'm also going to do, just so we don't really mess up the schedule, is immediately following this episode. I mean, really, they're going to drop at the same time. But I am also going to be recording the most anticipated albums of 2019. That episode, like, if you're listening to this one, then after it's done or tomorrow, whatever, you can listen to the most anticipated albums of 2019 episode. We're going to go straight through, no song of the week, no press play. We're going straight into the Dig Deeper segments, and I'm going to give you the top 25 albums. I'm going to end that episode, and then in the other episode, i give you the most anticipated albums. Got to stay on track. I want to make sure that y'all also get all the content that I promised you. Um, that being said... Um, there are some changes, uh, there will be some changes to the schedule that I posted like maybe a month or two ago. Um, all of the episodes are still being done. There's just going to be a different order because of how things shaped out with the Grammys and some other stuff. So I'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Um, also your homie's in a new space now, like in the apartment that I just moved from homie had a, a soundproof closet that I used for my studio which was inside of another room so you couldn't hear anything else from outside I ain't got that no more we got hardwood floors they creak a little bit so when people walk in you gonna hear that I got a neighbor upstairs that got kids so they running around so every you know I'm, I'm keeping it 100 with you every now and then you probably gonna hear some footsteps just like running and I I, I can't do a single thing about that uh, you know your boy ain't got like a 
a professional studio. I'm I'm in the crib. I'm in the crib holding it down. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna make do. Occasionally, you may hear me pause to take a drink of water because I'm about to run through both of these episodes like back to back. No breaks. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I could take a break. That's my choice. I mean, it's not like you all would know. Anyway, um, that's where we're at with the episodes. Uh, thank you all for being patient. I I myself was impatient, just like, oh, man, can I pack this box and then, you know, step aside for like an hour and record the podcast? No, nah, it didn't make any sense to do that. Um, but what I'm going to do for you now is you're going to get double episodes. What a way to start your 2019, right? Like with double episodes of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. You thought I forgot about it. Nah, never that. Let's get it. Um, so without further ado, let's jump right into the Dig Deeper segment. So here we are. It is 2019 and for 45 minutes or so, um, I want us to look back. At the year that just passed and the music that we received, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I gave you the top um, 50 songs of 2018, the songs that I thought were the best, that were my favorite. Um, And so now let's let's turn that focus to albums. We got a lot of good albums in 2018, way more than I thought we would. A lot of albums dropped that I really wasn't expecting caught me by surprise. So how how I just want to do this, I'm going to go, I got 25 albums, five honorable mentions. Um, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, a brief, some brief things about each album. And then I'm going to list my favorite tracks, um, some of my favorite tracks, because some of the albums, there's way more favorite tracks than I felt like listing. I just did like three or four for each for each album. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to list the album, talk about it. And then... Uh, list three or four songs from each album that were my favorites just in case you know um it was an album that you didn't get a chance to get to and you want a good place to start to see if this album is for you check out my favorite tracks i think that they're good places to start if you haven't listened to this project and you're like oh i don't want to spend time listening to a 40 minute album if it's not really going to be worth it, if I'm not going to like it, listen to the favorite tracks, find out, and then explore the rest of the album. So let's get started with the honorable mentions. Um, and the honorable mentions aren't really ordered. Um, I mean, it's five of them, and I they're in a, a order, but it's not like I'm saying the first honorable mention is better than the fifth. These are just the five albums that didn't make the list um, that I wanted to at least mention. So the first one on the list is DiCaprio 2 by Jid, J-I-D. Um, so Mac Miller helped executive produce and organize almost every song on this album. And I think that that intention to detail shines through and enhances Jid's second album. Uh, Jid has always been known as a gifted, technically lyrical rapper ever since the Never Story, his first um, project. But DiCaprio, too, kind of takes it up a notch. He delivers important social commentary while also creating a handful of bangers and an album that's very reminiscent of the blueprint that J. Cole has set out for him as his label head. Um, so that's DiCaprio, too. And some of my favorite tracks from that are Off the Zoinkies, Westbrook, Tide, and Off Dees, of course. Um, second honorable mention is Testing by ASAP Rocky. Um, One thing about Rocky, he's consistently shirked making albums that conform to mainstream stereotypes. His music has always stood out, uh, and that's one of the things that I really like about him as an artist. And testing takes that to a new level. Um, You know, it was a concept full of experimentation where Rocky took risks. He was trying out different sounds, different flows, different arrangements. Um, Some of them paid off, some of them not so much. But Testing is still a great album, full of songs that don't stray too far from Rocky's signature style, but they still push the boundaries of hip-hop. Uh, some of my favorite tracks from Testing, Fuck Sleep, which features FKA Twigs, Purity, uh, Buckshots, and Praise the Lord. Uh, number three on the honorable mentions is Championships by Meek Mill. 
And I'm going to be honest, this dropped November 30th, and my cutoff uh, for albums to make this list is November 30th. So it's possible that maybe this album needed more time and maybe it would have made the list, you know, if I had a full year to dwell on it. But still, you know, it's being talked about, and I think that's important. Um, Meek Mill's redemption story is a joy to watch. After all of the legal trouble he dealt with last year, he stayed strong, got out of jail, and released the best album of his career. Uh, He's always been a tough-spirited rapper, but this album sees him rapping with a new fire lit within him. His experiences haven't left him completely jaded. Instead, they fueled him to use what he's learned to inspire, you know, the young people out there. Over amazing production, he crafted some new rap anthems and got some serious hits. My favorite tracks, What's Free, Respect the Game, Going Bad, and 24-7. That's Championships by Meek Mill. Number four on the honorable mentions is My Ty, Jeremiah and Ty Dolla Sign. Um, <laughs> number one, that's a dope name. That's a dope name. It, it really it really helps when you just got the perfect name that they can, You when you're in a, a, a group, that they can, it just works out that way. My Ty, that's, that, that's genius. Um, we waited for this album for almost a year, and it, it definitely delivered. I never thought Jeremiah and Ty Dolla Sign would have so much chemistry, but this is one of my favorite albums this year, and I know I can go back to it at any point. Uh, well, it was one of my favorite albums of last year. Sorry, I wrote that last year. Um, and I know I can go back to it at any point this year and listen to it front to back, no question. Um, Ty Dolla Sign could do no wrong musically in 2018, um, and he brought all of that to my tie. Favorite tracks these days, Perfect Timing, New Level for Show. That's My Tie by Jeremiah and Ty Dolla Sign. And the last honorable mention um, is Everything is Love by the Carters. Uh, You know, like everything with the Carters, when Everything is Love dropped, it was a moment. Uh, It was the culmination of a three-year musical event where the Carters aired their dirty laundry in front of all of us and gave us some of the best music of their careers, and at least the best music we'd received lately where Jay-Z is concerned. Uh, The finale was an album celebrating black identity, black wealth, blackness in general, and much more. It was an album that saw them having a lot of fun on Wax. Um, Not exactly what I expected from their joint album, um, but it's some solid music nonetheless. My favorite tracks, Nice, Black Effect, 713, Friends, that is Everything is Love by the Carters. So that's the honorable mentions. Uh, Now, starting from 25 and going all the way to 1, Let's get into the top 25 albums of 2018. Number 25 is I Used to Know Her, the prelude and part two by Her. Um, Her had a great year. Uh, She's been nominated for five Grammys. Her visibility, ironically, since she, you know, was all about not showing her face, um, is through the roof now. And she put out two new projects three months apart, the combination of which nabbed a spot on this list. So, you know, I combined them, both of the preludes. I mean, one of them was only like five or six songs or something like that. And I, I just felt that it was it was fine to combine them both into one spot um, uh, for this list. And so both of these projects see her exploring her sound even more. Between the Lauryn Hill-inspired song Lost Souls that started the prelude and then the power ballad Fate that's featured on part two, Her is definitely trying it all and succeeding. No pun intended, these projects didn't seem as focused as last year's works, but they show that she is set to release a sensational new project, and I can't wait for it. Um, My favorite tracks, Lost Souls, Could Have Been, I'm Not Okay, Hard Place. Number 25 is I Used to Know Her, the prelude in part two by Her. Number 24, The Kids Are Alright by Chloe and Halle. Um, Although they're young and they call themselves kids, this album showed exactly the opposite. The Kids Are Alright showed a lot of depth and sounded very mature. The album is very relatable. It's full of anthems that young people can personalize to their lives. Uh, You know, they can wow you with an R&B track set in that traditional R&B format. And at the same time, they can turn up with a trap-like R&B joint. Um, Both Chloe and Halle have beautiful voices that each resemble Beyonce's voice at different registers. And it's clear that their ceiling is very high. Uh, Favorite tracks, Down, Without a Doubt, um, Baby Bird, Happy Without Me. Number 24 is The Kids Are Alright by Chloe and Halle. Number 23 is The Carter Five by Lil Wayne. 
Um, four years we waited, and finally the Carter Five was here. I wondered if Wayne would still be relatable, if he could still rap as well as he once did with the album sound dated. And Wayne showed us why we once called him the best rapper alive. In an album spanning almost 90 minutes, Lil Wayne gave us what we wanted, a rejuvenated Lil Wayne, rapping like his life depended on it with the wit and energy that we know and love. He could have cut a few songs from the project and sang a little bit less, but he did it all on the Carter Five. While it may not end up being that, this album felt like Wayne's swan song, you know, going out on a good note. And while, you know, there's rumors that he might have other projects uh, dropping, if this was Lil Wayne's last project, I think I'd be okay with it. Favorite tracks, Mona Lisa, Dope New Gospel, Dedicate, Perfect Strangers. Number 23 is the Carter Five by Lil Wayne. Number 22 is Young Sinatra 4 by Logic. Honestly, this was this is really one of my favorite albums by Logic. I like his conceptual projects, but there was something more refreshing about hearing him lose the concepts and just rap his ass off. You feel me? His verses are dense and gritty, and songs like Young Sinatra 4 and Street Dreams 2 are just lyrical masterpieces. The fact that he held his own amongst all the Wu-Tang members was impressive in itself. Um, Logic has been respected by the legends for a while now, and I think it's time that the rest of the culture caught up, because when it comes down to brass tacks, homie can really rap. Uh, favorite tracks, Young Sinatra 4, Street Dreams 2, Wu-Tang Forever, Legacy. Number 22 is Young Sinatra 4 by Logic. Number 21, Redemption by J-Rock. Um, J-Rock has been here before. This is his third studio album, so he's seen it all, but this is his best album by far. It's an album that saw J-Rock achieve some mainstream success, which he hadn't really seen much of. The all-purpose hit win is going to reap rewards for him for a very long time. And the Black Panther um, edition, King's Dead, um, that was on the album, certainly gained him some listeners that he didn't have before. You know, people who listened to the Black Panther soundtrack was like, oh, J-Rock, let me, let me find out some more about him. And then decide to listen to his album. Um, but beyond that, J-Rock made an album that sounded fresh. He experimented with melodies and flows and created songs that stuck with you. I can't tell you how many times I would just randomly start singing Knock It Off or Troopers. Like, J-Rock continued to elevate and hopefully more people will begin to take notice. My favorite tracks, Knock It Off, Win, Out of Sight, Out of Mind, Redemption. Number 21 is Redemption by J-Rock. Number 20, Whack World by Tierra Whack. Um, it takes something special to stand out in hip hop and R&B nowadays, especially with so many artists sounding the same. Tierra Whack is that good kind of special. Um, it's best to experience this album as intended, which was in a 15 minute video with one minute visuals for each song. You know, it's a visual album like no other. And honestly, Tierra's visual style and creativity reminds me of Missy Elliott. And that's high praise. She shows some serious versatility as she floats through various styles in this album. She can sing. She can rap. She's a great writer. You know, I wish that at least more than half of these songs were longer than a minute. Um, and the album works even without the videos. I really can't wait to see what she does next. Favorite tracks, Hookers, Pet Cemetery, Fruit Salad, Flea Market. Number 20 is Whack World by Tierra Whack. Number 19 is Ella May by Ella May. Um, Ella Mae had an interesting year that saw her first popular single blow up a year later and her second single get taken over by Jacquees. Um, complimenting the former and despite the latter, she delivered a fantastic debut album. She has an amazing voice and a serious knack for creating catchy songs that are just as good as they are memorable. Uh, this album transported me back 15 years and definitely inhabits the space that traditional R&B occupies. I never thought I'd like an album produced mainly by DJ Mustard as much as I love this album. I think Ella Mae is going to give her a run for her money. Uh, favorite tracks, Dangerous, which was produced by the legendary Brian Michael Cox. Um, Shot Clock, Whatchamacallit, Close. Number 19 is Ella Mae by Ella Mae. Number 18 is Keep That Same Energy by Tiana Taylor. Um, this album had high expectations. After the success of Seven, we'd all been waiting for Tiana's sophomore. It ended up being released in Kanye's minimalist format and clocked in at 23 minutes. Uh, you know, Tiana expressed her frustrations 
uh, about not being able to roll out the album exactly how she wanted. But beyond all the drama, Keep That Same Energy is a beautiful album. It's short, but Tiana really shines over the soulful production Kanye crafted for her. She's strong vocally, and this album gets really personal. Tiana manages to showcase various elements of her sound, even though this only scratches the surface of what she can do. Had she been left to her own devices, I'm confident the album would have made top 10. But this album cannot be overlooked. Favorite tracks, Three Way, Never Would Have Made It, Gonna Love Me, Rose in Harlem, Number 18 is Keep That Same Energy by Tiana Taylor. Number 17 is Hive Mind by The Internet. Uh, The Internet had a tough act to follow in their debut, Ego Death. It was one of the best R&B albums of this decade, and it still slaps. Like, they definitely came through with a great album in Hive Mind, as most of the band released solo projects between Ego Death and Now, and now they've reunited to show off how they've grown. It's a cohesive project that's much more of a slow burn, but the essential elements are there. The rest of the band is more noticeable, and the album is definitely better for it. Sid definitely still slays with the central vocals and set in the tone, but this album is about the band and their cohesive unit on the same wavelength. Favorite tracks, Stay the Night, Come Over, Hold On, Look What You Started, number 17 is Hive Mind by the Internet. Number 16 is November by Sir. Um, Sir signed the TDE in 2017 and released his debut with them in January of last year. Uh, he's an R&B singer whose sound has always sounded more like traditional old school R&B slash neo soul. Um, November definitely fits that mold. Although there's definitely also a jazzy feel to some of the songs in the latter half. Uh, when I heard this album in January, I knew instantly it would be on this list. Songs like Something New caught me instantly. The chemistry and the sensuality of the duet with Etta Bond was captivating. As the year rolled on, songs like The Evils and Summer in November became my favorites. Although almost a decade older than him, Sir is definitely a contemporary of Daniel Caesar. They have similar styles, and they both translate an old-school R&B vibe into fresh ideas. November also aims to be more than just an R&B album, as the whole robot K that's present in the interludes and skits adds a storyline to the music. Sir is definitely someone to look out for. My favorite tracks, Something New, The Evils, Summer in November. Number 16 is November by Sir. Number 15 is FM by Vince Staples. Um, Vince went experimental on us last year and delivered an album in Big Fish Theory that landed the 18 spot on this list um, last year. Uh, Vince continued to tap into his creativity and dropped FM this year, an 11-song album that only ran 22 minutes. The concept of the album was a radio station takeover with L.A. radio personality Big Boy making appearances throughout to like introduce new songs and do skits and promos. It's another unique project from Vince that sees him stuffing a lot into a little. There's so much to take in in such little runtime. It's a one-off project that he didn't spend as much time on as some of his other projects, but even as a one-off, it's phenomenal. It's an album full of love for the West Coast and Long Beach specifically, uh, he taps a lot of Cali artists to help him out, like J-Rock, Kalani, Buddy, E-40, and a bunch more. I love the way he used Earl Sweatshirt and Tyga features as just new songs playing on the radio lineup. Vince has always been a voice for this generation and able to make socially impactful points while speaking from a unique perspective. And if this is what his one-off sound like, I can't wait for his next fully thought-out project. Uh, favorite tracks, Tweakin', Feels Like Summer, Fun. Uh, number 15 is FM by Vince Staples. Number 14 is Room 25 by No Name. Um, we're in the top 15, so it's likely that I've talked about all these albums on the podcast already, so some of this might sound familiar. Um, but this is No Name's official debut album after dropping a fire debut mixtape, Telephone, back in 2016. Um, she turned 25 a couple years ago and experienced a lot of new things, moving to L.A., losing her virginity, living out of hotels for two years. And Room 25 explores how all of these experiences have affected her. It's a short album clocking in at 35 minutes, too short in my opinion, but it's one of the most thought-provoking albums of the year. Uh, Room 25 is a lot more serious, more personal than Telephone was. She's more vulgar and boastful on this album that she explores sensuality a lot more. And she's talked about how that wasn't a conscious decision. She's just feeling more secure. 
Um, her spoken word background is the most evident on this album. She delivers her intricate thoughts with a soft voice, never rushing, but always true to herself and full of emotion. Um, in the second verse of Prayer Song, she delivers a chilling verse from the perspective of a corrupt police officer that seems like it will never not be relevant. With You is one of the shortest touching songs I've ever heard. On Window, she raps about the person she lost her virginity to and the heartbreaking relationship that followed. Don't Forget About Me might be my favorite song on the album as she prays that she'll be remembered when she's gone. Chicago, excuse me, Chicago artists have been dropping some meaningful albums all year and No Name is right near the top. Favorite tracks, Prayer Song, Don't Forget About Me, Ace, No Name. Number 14 is Room 25 by No Name. Number 13 is Oxnard by Anderson Pac. Um, the genre for Oxnard was listed as hip-hop rap. Compared to when Malibu was dropped, his first album was listed as R&B Soul. And it's fitting because there was a noticeable shift in the styles of the two albums. That's not to say that Oxnard isn't soulful because he's got some incredible tracks on this album that are funky and they just hit you deep down. But he's definitely got a hip-hop influenced album here and maybe that's part of the Dr. Dre influence of this album. And this is easily one of my favorite albums and it grew on me so much. The way that Tense grew on me specifically throughout the year really was amazing. It's so soulful and it really skyrocketed into my top 10 songs of the year. Um, the Outcast vibes on Smile, Petty was one of the most fun moments of the album for me. Anderson Pot grew up in the church and singing gospel and you can hear those influences in his songs as well all the way to the background singers and the harmonies and chorus of voices he uses to back him up. The features are big profile and they all add so much to the album. Uh, this album may not surpass Malibu, but it's a damn good follow-up. Favorite tracks, Tense, Trippy, Smile Petty, Savior's Road. Number 13 is Oxnard by Anderson Pac. Number 12 is Swimming by Mac Miller. Um, gone Too Soon and right when he had released another fantastic album, uh, Mac Miller was young and hadn't reached the peak of his abilities yet. He was beginning to master his sound and was finally beginning to seem and sound like he was taking care of himself first. Swimming was a succinct album where Mac touched on psychological growth, self-care, the trials of fame, and so much more. He stepped aside to let a lot of other producers take the reins primarily for this album, but his sound was sure. He sounded sharp, he got funky, he got jazzy, and above all, the album sounded like hope, which is sad considering what will follow. Um, Swimming will always feel like a story unfinished, but either way, it's one hell of a listen. Favorite tracks are Hurt Feelings, Self-Care, Wings, What's the Use. Number 12 is Swimming by Mac Miller. Number 11, Scorpion by Drake. Um, it was an interesting year for Drake. He took the bait from Pusha T, entered into a full-fledged beef with Push, and by extension, Kanye. He lost the Pusha T portion of that beef announced that he had a baby. Uh, the world wondered how would he counter? How would he respond? And he effectively decided to ignore the beef for the most part and focus on releasing his album. Um, now, the album had flaws. I'm not going to tell you that it, it didn't. I'm, I've talked about this on the podcast. There's no way I could put it in the top 10. But what you can't deny is that Drake shook that beef off like it was nothing and delivered three guaranteed hits that took over the year and in my feelings nice for what and god's plan um the album definitely could have been shorter um but i can't deny that drake still gave us some bangers on the album he hasn't fully given me the album i wanted since take care but what drake showed us in this album is that he's gonna be good no matter what and there's a good 16 song album hidden in scorpion that would have been a great album i've already clipped like eight songs off the album reordered it the way that I think it was better to hear it. Um, and I think it's a much better album that way. There, there are so many good songs in there. You can't tell me that the way Drake is flowing on nonstop and elevate mob ties isn't dope. You got the after dark, like R&B, uh, quiet storm joint. You got him really rapping um, on a bunch of songs on that album. Then you got, you know, you got the sensual Drake with the emotionless in the March 14th. Um, Drake's going to get it right sometime soon. Um, but either way, he's unbothered. Favorite tracks, Mob Ties, Jaded, Blue Tent, After Dark, 
Number 11 is Scorpion by Drake. Number 10, we're in the top 10 now. And number 10 is Streams of Thought, Volume 1 and 2 by Black Thought and with Salam Remy for Part 2. Um, this is another one that is um, two projects, two EPs um, combined as one on this list. Black Thought is one of the greatest MCs of all time. His ability to master any flow, create complex narratives, and be a phenomenal technical lyricist, combined with years of experience, led him to drop in two of the greatest EPs of the year. Combined, those two projects take the 10 seed. Um, Black Thought is not afraid to speak his mind, and these streams of thought are potent and full of social commentary. But he's also not scared to talk that talk. You know, he's confident and aware of how good he is. Two of his solo projects were shelved, dating all the way back to 2000. So this was clearly the unleashing of the beast. Um, paired with Ninth Wonder on the first EP and Salam Remy on the second, he's got a great foundation and some of the best production to make his first non-Roots album appearance. Um, features from Rhapsody, Styles P, and and more don't overshadow him, but they make the project even more exciting. This was real rap only. The hip hop heads, I know they loved both of these EPs. Um, favorite tracks: uh, Dostoevsky, How to Hold a Chopper, Conception. Definitely that made the top fifty list. Number ten is Streams of Thought, Volumes One and Two by Black Thought. Drink some water. Number nine is Victory Lap by Nipsey Hussle. Now Nipsey Hussle is thirty three, and he's been releasing mixtapes since two thousand five. Some of these mixtapes were album-like in their inception, like the Crenshaw mixtape, which infamously he sold a thousand copies for $100 each. Um, he originally announced his debut album, Victory Lab, would drop in 2014. And now 13 years after his first mixtape, Victory, La Victory Lab was released this year, or in 2018. Um, his debut album in 2018, he's been in the game since 05. Um, that's why this album is such a big deal and it feels like a celebration and it also earned Nipsey his first Grammy nomination uh, Nipsey holds nothing back on Victory Lap this is gangster rap G-Funk that West Coast rap through and through he's rapping with some serious conviction and he sounds fierce the album features Diddy Marsha Ambrosius Kendrick YG and more the beats are fantastic and smooth and Nipsey raps like he knows he's got one this time um, the stakes will be even higher next time, but for now, he can definitely sit back and enjoy this amazing piece of work. Favorite tracks, Hustle and Motivate, Dedication, Blue Laces 2, Million Why You Young. Number nine is Victory Lap by Nipsey Hustle. Number eight is Kid See Ghosts by Kid Cudi and Kanye West. Whew, man, Kanye lost me this year. He really did. The only time... One of his solo projects hasn't been on this list since I've been making these lists. And the only time I've never been less interested in listening to one of his solo projects. Um, I supported Kid C. Ghost because of Cuddy and because I wanted to see him win and get back to that fighting form. And he definitely delivered. Kid C. Ghost was an ambitious project, you know, stemming on the concept of reflection and a new start. Uh, with Cuddy and Kanye both battling some form of depression, this album was sort of a healing tool. Cuddy was in his bag all album, never has a hum sounded so good. You know, his verses were poignant. And the hope that, you know, stemmed from songs like Reborn is truly inspirational. Kanye delivered some solid verses as well, especially on Kid See Ghost and Cuddy Montage. It was great to see Dr. Genius and Plain Pat be a big part of the production for Reborn and Cuddy Montage, especially as, you know, because they're so instrumental to his sound. Um, Kanye did his thing, too, though, as an executive producer. He's been killing it. He showed an amazing ability to produce music that fits his style of production, but also matches the artists on the album. Um, this album makes me want a new solo project from Cuddy, and hopefully he feels good enough to deliver. Uh, favorite tracks, Cuddy Montage, Reborn, Kid See Ghost, Feel the Love. Number eight is Kid See Ghost by Kid Cuddy and Kanye West. Number seven is Daytona by Pusha T. Um, the release of this album was quickly overshadowed by the Drake beef that followed, but it's not due to a poor album. This is Pusha T's greatest release, and part of that is due to Kanye's minimalist formula. 
Seven songs. It was around 21 minutes. It's all about quality over quantity. And for an artist who hasn't really switched up the game plan for a number of years, this fit Pusha T's style. He's true to himself, and the coke talk will never get old for him, you know, while it might get old for some. Um, Pusha T has never sounded more focused, and over expert production from Kanye, he really shined. His verses were crisp and direct. Um, this album wasn't looking for radio play or any mainstream success. It's just Pusha rapping about what he knows over phenomenal production at the highest level possible. Um, there's not much room for error on Daytona, and Pusha T was up for the challenge. He scrapped an entire album to follow Kanye's format, and it may have been the best decision he's made. Um, favorite tracks, Comeback Baby, The Games We Play, Santeria, Hard Piano. Number seven is Daytona by Pusha T. Number six is Care For Me by Saba. Um, Saba's a 24-year-old rapper from Chicago who is honestly one of the most promising artists in this city. His Care For Me album is masterfully made and shows some exceptional growth. Um, the grief of losing his best friend and cousin drove him to make one of the most artistic albums of the year. He has never been more focused and clear lyrically. You know, how his experiences with his cousin affected him are clear as many of the songs mention his cousin Walt. Um, the album is sad, it's fun, it's energetic, it's hopeful, but over everything, it reflects the realities of many people's experiences in Chicago. Care For Me drips with emotion and Saba raps with so much passion that you want to laugh and cry with him. The powerful song Prom King details how he became close to his cousin in the days and events leading up to his death. It's a masterclass in storytelling and it hooks you from the start. He raps about mental health, the after effects of losing someone close to you, how he chooses to self-care, and so much more. The album ends with a heart-wrenching song, Heaven All Around Me, that shows some semblance of moving forward and closure. Um, this album cemented Saba as one of the greatest artists out right now, in my opinion. And you should definitely bump this album to get you to get you there as well. Uh, favorite tracks, Heaven All Around Me, Busy, Sirens, uh, Prom King, Life. Number six is Care For Me by Saba. So here we are in the top five, top five albums of 2018. And coming in at number five is Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. Um, Janelle Monae created a concept album in Dirty Computer where, you know, these computers represented the marginalized people in society who are treated like they have glitches in their code when they're just being themselves. Um, you know, Dirty Computer aims to inspire those people to stand up for themselves and not let themselves be erased by the oppressors. It's a celebratory album that fights back against the system. It also helps that it's, you know, some of the best music that Janelle has released. The four singles she released tackle so many different things and different styles of music. Django Jane sees Janelle rapping better than I've ever heard her. Make Me Feel is a funky Prince-inspired and assisted jam about her pansexuality. Pink is a song celebrating women of all types. It's about empowerment. And then there's I Like That, a song that reminds me of Beyonce's song that sees Janelle asserting her freedom to be whoever she wants to be. And that's just four songs and she's already tackled so much. The rest of the album is just as good, especially when she goes classic R&B for songs like Don't Judge Me. It's an album full of freedom, celebration, rebellion, expression, and more. She made an album to uplift the oppressed while sticking a middle finger in the faces of the oppressors. It's music we all need right now, and Janelle was the perfect person to deliver it. Favorite tracks, Django Jane, Let's Get Screwed, Don't Judge Me, Make Me Feel... Number five is Dirty Computer by Janelle Monae. Number four, Black Panther, the album by Kendrick Lamar and TDE. Um, Black Panther was a movement. And when the Kendrick Lamar and TDE produced uh, and curated album dropped back in February, nothing else mattered. And Kendrick really curated this project. He's present on every song in one way or another, whether that be a verse, a hook, some ad-libs. He's credited on every single track. Um, and everyone from TDE is also present on the album, except for Isaiah Rashad. You know, it was different from a typical Kendrick project because it wasn't as consistent and cohesive, but it's definitely a fire album. 
The energy was through the roof on songs like 10 and Ops and Paramedic was one of the hardest songs ever. We got some real rap performances in King's Dead and Seasons. The album pivoted in tempo almost every song, and songs like Redemption Interlude and The Ways and I Am provided a slower pace and vibe for the project. Um, This soundtrack shined a light on so many artists that we may not have heard of previously. Kendrick uplifted other artists while continuing to showcase his versatility. It's a wildly entertaining and well-curated project with standout performances from so many artists, and it's going to live on well past... um, the moment when Marvel is on a different Black Panther movie, a different, you know, movie in general, like this, this album is going to live on for a while. Favorite tracks, um, Paramedic, The Ways, King's Dead, Seasons. Number four is Black Panther, The Album by Kendrick Lamar and TDE. Number three, number three is World by Travis Scott. Um, when I first listened to this album back in August, I was sure it was album of the year. After letting it breathe, thinking about all the other albums and contextualizing everything, it landed at number three. Um, but this is Travis's most successful album to date, and it is a jam-packed affair. Travis has taken the role of ringmaster slash curator for his albums as he creates projects similar to DJ Khaled in that they showcase some of the best artists and feature them in the best ways. His creativity was on 10 for this album. The production on this album was next level. The beat switch on Stargazing, the three beat changes on Sicko Mode, the collab with Stevie Wonder and Cuddy. Travis got the best to work with on this project. Lyrically, Travis got more personal on this album, and he impressed with the various flows he employed and the way he structured his verses. Astroworld has landed Travis three Grammy nominations uh, this year, and that's partly because of the leap he took between his last projects and this one. He's constantly experimenting and straddling genres with his music. Um, there are so many moments in Astroworld that you may forget contributions like The Weeknd or that Migos and Juice World made an appearance. There's just something for every type of fan on this album, and that mass appeal will only take Travis further. Now, uh, my favorite tracks, Can't Say... Uh, which features Don Tolliver, Not Gonna, which I uh, made a mistake in the top top 50 list. It features Don Tolliver, Sicko Mode, Coffee Bean, Astro Thunder. Number three is Astro World by Travis Scott. Number two is Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. Um, look, we all thought it. Cardi B could be a one-hit wonder and this album could flop hard. We all know she's got a ghost writer, although now he's less of a ghost, but no one cares. You know, we're not trying to debate that Cardi B is the best female rapper ever, but she's definitely the hottest right now, especially after her debut shattered all of our expectations. We have not received a rap debut like this in a very long time. She was unapologetically herself, gave us an album full of anthems and vulnerability. She was strong. She was brash. She was bold. She wore her heart on her sleeve. And, you know, above all, she was real. She gave us a concentrated, cohesive project that didn't oversaturate the market just to sell records and do numbers. The amount of turn up in Bickenhead, Moneybag, Drip, Bodak Yellow, and Bartier Cardi is crazy. She had a Meek Mill-like intro in Get Up 10. She had some fun with Chance. She made some relatable songs about relationships and Be Careful, Through Your Phone, Ring. You know, and where she goes from here will be interesting, but one thing's for sure, the bar has definitely been raised Number uh, my favorite tracks: Best Life, Ring, I Do, I Like It. Uh, number two is Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. And now, the number one album for me of 2018. You probably already know what it is by omission. It's K.O.D. by J. Cole. Um, Cole has attempted conceptual albums in the past, but none seemed as complex. As the three phrase, you know, definition that he assigned to KOD's title stands for Kids on Drugs, King Overdose, Kill Our Demons. Kids on Drugs representing society and the culture's addiction and infatuation with drugs and how it's being used to medicate sometimes in the wrong ways. Um, King Overdose representing Cole himself as he was afflicted by these same addictions. 
kill our demons representing how the pain and troubles everyone goes through can be confronted by being honest with ourselves, self-reflection, and confront why these demons are being addressed with these habits. It sounds like a lot to address, but Cole tackles this in a very powerful way. It doesn't come off as too preachy, mainly because Cole doesn't hold himself out of the fire. He's been afflicted by the same addictions and wants to use his experiences to motivate, to help people. Artists that aim to make music, um, to do more than just to make music and sell, are always going to be special. And Cole has discovered something you know, much bigger than success. He's going to be himself, not looking for features to tell his story, spreading his message how he wants without conforming to mainstream and label culture. And that's worked out for him in the best way. Three straight albums with no features that have all been very successful. He's found a way to have his cake and eat it too. Um, K.O.D. is an amazing album. The way he can just make a catchy song like ATM that's actually about people's um, infatuation and addiction to money is brilliant. The emotion with which he raps about his mom's drug addiction on Once an Addict or gun violence on Windowpane is very powerful. Um, Cole made an album that showed he hasn't lost a step. He put some of these young artists in their place and also delivered um, a pertinent message in a year where we lost artists like Mac Miller and XXX Tentacion to drugs and violence. It's a, you know, in a time where my own go-to favorite artist took a big hit in the loss of Kanye, J. Cole is very quickly making it easy to slide him into that spot due to his creativity and thoughtfulness when crafting his albums. K.O.D., without a doubt, is my album of the year. Favorite tracks, Kevin's Heart, uh, Windowpane, 1985, Brackets, all of them really. Um, Number one, my top album of 2018 is K.O.D., by j cole and that's the list that's the list um if i had to make any changes after you know um you know coming up with the list and writing everything i think i would just move a couple albums over scorpion it would still be in the top 15 um but i think i think i would move like maybe one or two albums over but otherwise i feel very good about the list I know people aren't going to agree with everything on the list, um, but, you know, that's just music. That's how that works. Um, But I'm, you know, I'm very proud of it. I'm glad that I was able to do it. Like I said, the end of the year is always uh, one of my favorite times to do podcast episodes because I love the year and wrap ups. Um, But yeah, that is it for the Dig Deeper segment. That's the top 25 albums list. Um, Will there be a podcast newsletter? I think I will do a combined podcast newsletter. Um, You know, there was no song of the week and all of that, but I'll just feature the lists, both of the lists. So the one for the next episode and this one in the podcast newsletter. So you can, you know, see it in print as well as the visual that I created with all of the album covers. Um, As far as the schedule changes that are to come, um, things will move as um stated for like the next three weeks so next week we're gonna jump right back into the meet dreamville series Kaz on the 9th on the 16th we'll do boz on the 23rd we'll do earth gang on the 30th instead of the um hip-hop and r&b awards um i'm gonna move the last dreamville uh, slot for Omen and Loot that got moved because of the Grammys. That'll be on the 30th. Um, think there will probably be a break on February 6th. Um, on February 13th, we'll do a Grammy Awards recap because that airs on the 10th. And then on February 20th, we'll do the third annual uh, Thinking Outside the Boombox Hip Hop and R&B Awards. Um, so, you know, I'll probably do a new schedule that'll come out, um, probably, it's probably out now, actually. No, it'll probably come out tomorrow. Um, look for it. Um, another thing I want to mention, uh, follow the Twitter at T-O-T-B, the podcast. Um, also Facebook, like us on Facebook at, you know, facebook.com slash T-O-T-B, the podcast. Just look, just search thinking outside the boombox. Um, I'm typically, I, every week when there's an episode, I put, 
you know, information about the episode on the Twitter and the Facebook. Also, when there are delays, like last week when this album didn't come and I decided to release the the list ahead of time, I, I did all that information on Twitter and Facebook. So if you're ever looking for updates on the podcast, um, check those. Um, so, yeah, that is it for, you know, the first half of this week's episode um, if you got time, I don't know when you listen to this, if you got time, click over to track number 110 and hear about the most anticipated albums of 2019 or listen to it tomorrow. You know, it's whatever, but I'm about to record some more, but you know what it is. This is Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and R&B news. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.